1: Let your snacks be heard. Just go to frito to vote and enter for a chance to win. No purchase necessary. sweepstakes ends April 3rd, 2023. Void where prohibited. Years worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at frito Hello, friends. This is Kirk Henderson here with another episode of Kirk, Your Enthusiasm. As part of my off-season goals, I was hoping to bring on some more people from that weren't necessarily Mavs-adjacent. And with that, I have decided today to bring on my very old friend and recently rejoined contributor with Silver Screen and Roll, Anthony Irwin. How are you, Anthony? I'm doing good. Apparently, I'm really old. Well, you know, (laughs) when you think about, like, the Summer League stuff, like, it... It's like, oh, I went to that summer and then all of a sudden it was like eight summer leagues ago kind of thing yeah. where it's it just really kind of adds up after a while. Well, but before we before we get started on some of the stuff that I wanted to talk to you about, I, I wanted you to kind of give a little bit of, of your, you know, what you do because you, you were locked on Lakers for a real long time and you've recently rejoined Vox and SB Nation. Uh, silver screen role and you're kind of uh, uh, taking over a relatively new project with the lakers feed and i just wanted you to talk about that for a bit
2: yeah so i was at locked on lakers for about five years i think just shy of five years and uh, it was a daily lakers podcast and it had uh, quite a bit of success so vox saw that and figured they would uh, bring me on to do something fairly similar uh, it's, it's, uh, it's a daily show. The Lakers lowdown is a, is a daily show. It's, it's pretty different from locked on Lakers in that locked on Lakers was usually about 30 to 40 minutes every day. Uh, lowdown is, is more of like a 10 to 15 minute kind of primer for what you might be hearing or what you might've missed. And then, and then I get to work with some super talented people who are already there at the feed and they do longer form shows every day of the week. And then I do two of those. Uh, one being the Anthony Irwin show, and the other one being Lakers Lounge that I record um, with our buddy Harrison Fagan, and uh, and yeah, it's been it's been a lot of fun to to be back at Vox and and be a part of this community again, and and I'm just trying to to catch up to your your uh,
1: green room numbers, which are which are pretty freaking bananas. <laughs> yeah, I don't really know how all that stuff happened, but it's <laughs> it's, it's 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 fun. So part of why I wanted to bring Anthony on today is number one, because I've known him forever, but number two, when the coaching search uh, for the Los Angeles Lakers occurred, I guess it was two off seasons ago. Was it summer of 19? Mm -hmm. So the summer of 19 was there's, you know, who's going to coach the Los Angeles Lakers. And there were lots of stories and talked about because for one of the premier jobs in the NBA coaching, the most well-known player in the multiverse, and LeBron James was bound to get a ton of scrutiny. And I was kind of hoping you could could walk us through a little bit of what happened because uh, you know Jason Kidd ended up as an assistant coach, and as we all know, Jason Kidd is now the Dallas Mavericks head coach. And I think you you know what he, a lot of fans have sort of stopped when 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 I've been talking about the Mavericks. What we talked about is his transition into coaching with New Jersey, his kind of swift departure from New Jersey his coaching with the Bucs and then how he left the Bucks on a little bit. It wasn't good terms, uh, frankly. And now, you know, he had a little bit of a break. I think he basically didn't coach for a year and then he ended up with Los Angeles. But I, I was, I think if you tell us a little bit about how, you know, the coaching staff was assembled in Los Angeles, then I'm, I'm, I want to ask some questions about sort of, you know, what you all are aware of when it comes to kids time in Los Angeles. Cause sometimes with assistance, it's a little murkier.
2: Yeah. So the Lakers were on the precipice of hiring Teron Lou as their head coach. Remember they are they bought him a birthday cake and they sent out the tweet uh with Lou blowing out his birthday candles. like it looked like everything was getting ready to go and everything was about to be finalized and Right as they were about to cross the finish line, uh the Lakers asked Lou to have Kid on uh his staff like the, the, he was uh somebody no matter who the coach was going to be they would have to accept that Jason Kidd was going to be an assistant coach uh, for them. And, and, a, and, a, and a powerful one. He's the highest paid assistant coach in the NBA right now. And, or, well he was before he, he became a head coach with, with you guys. And uh, Lou didn't like that. Lou wanted to pick his rightfully. So Lou wanted to pick all of his head coaches and, and have final say on who was or was not on his bench. And then he moved on and in steps, Frank Vogel, I, I love the the picture of Frank Vogel sitting there on the outside of the interview room, and the Lakers just kind of walking. I was like, "Yeah, you, yeah, you, you got the job. You want Jason Kidd on your staff? Cool, cool. You're the head coach," and and it just kind of you know went from there. and And at the time, I wrote an article for uh, Silver Screen and Roll when I was still writing there, at that outlined all of Jason Kidd's illegalities and. Uh, and not just the legalities in, in terms of the domestic violence, the DUIs, but also like the way that he managed himself and and handled situations in the various organizations before he went to the Lakers, where he was with Milwaukee and then showed interest in the Brooklyn job and and uh, was trying to perform a coup in both spots. and And so there was this concern when he went to the Lakers and Frank Vogel wasn't on – the greatest footing given the way that he was hired that Jason Kidd would attempt another coup. And that as soon as the Lakers fell short of expectations in the regular season, the Lakers would fire Vogel and in would step Kidd um, as, as the head coach that they kind of sort of wanted all along and, but couldn't uh, employ him because some of those past uh, allegations and actual charges and something that he actually pled guilty to uh those came to light all over again and the Lakers didn't want to head down that that PR nightmare of a path which the Dallas Mavericks apparently are now more okay (laughs) with. (laughs) We're gonna see because
1: his introductory (laughs) presser is probably this week yeah Uh, and I've I've already asked a couple of local newspaper reporters like the folks who really do ask the questions just because I shy away from that I don't want to I'm not a professional. I don't really want to stick my foot into that, but it—I've it, it, already asked them, and, and a few of them have have said that they they just have to address it. You have the stuff to. That happened in Dallas. I mean, mm-hmm. Lakers didn't really have any issues. It just kind of boiled up to the surface because, as we, you know, the world is different than it was ten years ago, twenty years ago.
2: Yeah, absolutely, and 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 it was just—it's the kind of thing that. You know, I'm I'm gonna be frank. I didn't, I didn't, I wasn't up to date on Chauncey Billups' allegations from 1997. Right. Like that wasn't something that I knew, and I think, and, and and I hold myself accountable for that. I need to be more, I need to be more informed on these things um, as they happen. And and just ask Damian Lillard. And so you 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 find yourself in the spot where these questions do have to be asked. They do have to answer for for. These like it's it's not that it was just an allegation or that it he was a could, settlement. He, he yeah. would he pled guilty to beating his wife. And and so it was it's the kind of thing that if you are going to employ him, you have to answer for it. You have to you have to give examples of contrition from kid, of growth from kid that would make it make it more okay, not fully okay, but more okay, that he would be the most forward-facing. A person in your organization like he's going to talk to the media more than anybody else as the face of, of as the head coach of the Dallas Mavericks he's going to talk more than Luca he's he's going to talk more than uh, Nico Harrison he's the, well I'd like to say he he talked more than Mark Cuban but you and I both know <laughs> that, that isn't the case <laughs> but, but but this is this is going to be somebody who is going to be one of the faces of your franchise and as such you do have to answer for the things that he has in his past
1: well, so so what ended up happening in Los Angeles is that any fears of Kid doing things that he had done in his previous stops were allayed, because frankly, the 2019, 2020 Los Angeles Lakers were an outstanding basketball team, particularly on the defensive end, and a lot and, and any sort of "Is Kid going to usurp Vogel?" that conversation, when did, did it disappear? Or or did it just like so? What what kind of occurred?
2: Well, it, you you hit it on the nail. It's 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 at the end of the day, the Lakers were so good, and 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 also Frank Vogel develops very good chemistry with LeBron James. Like the the thing about Frank Vogel that uh, I don't think he necessarily gets enough credit for is that like he is an insane worker. Like he's he 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 comes from a film background. He loves breaking that stuff down, and I think. Uh, by showing that to LeBron and implementing that on the defensive side of the ball. Because basically the way that the power dynamics for the Lakers at the on-court level was basically Vogel, you got the defense, he has a very defensive-minded coaching staff, and LeBron handles the offense. And it's, Mm -hmm. it's kind of funny because what we've kind of heard a little bit about is that Jason Kidd was kind of sort of in charge of the offense, which is like, you're... Pat Mahomes is quarterback coach. <laughs> you know, like you, you're going to look good no matter what. But where the Lakers, I think, where it it showed that the Lakers needed a little bit more tactical help on the offensive side of the ball, which is something the kid was supposed to be in charge of, was the 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 team's offense fell off a cliff anytime LeBron stepped off the floor. And and I think you know, for those who were holding out hope, that kid grew um, on in terms of the strategy that he offers on on the offensive side of the ball. Like that, that's not, that doesn't speak too well to those possibilities. But that said, he did get, you know, he was very close with LeBron. LeBron uh, respects him a ton. Um, and and I think that's the kind of relationship that he's hoping to build with Luka. So there's, I think we could see basically a, a, a very similar situation here with Luka, the offense looking looking great when he's out there and then, you know, really struggling because kid doesn't have the wherewithal offensively to, to make up for what it looks like when, when Lucas steps off the court. But anyway, Lakers got really good. Frank Vogel kept his job. And and Kidd continued to then turn his eye across the league. And, and you saw it the last couple of years. Every single time a team underachieved, you saw reports of Jason Kidd might be interested in that job. Like Jason Kidd, he's that Leonardo DiCaprio meme that like every time some team... <laughs> doesn't play very well it doesn't play up to expectations his agent was like "Ooh, that's a possibility and 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 it didn't take very long for those rumors to start popping up and and in this time they came uh it it wound up being the perfect storm for kid in that he has enough support with dirk Nowitzki, michael finley rick carlisle on his way out speaks up for him and 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 now he has to drop
1: and that rick carlisle stuff was weird it felt like he was playing a joke only for (laughs) it to to then and Cuban was like, that's a great idea. I mean, obviously, there's kind of more at play there. So you did touch on a couple of things that I was I was really curious about because I mentioned this earlier, and it's sort of important. Assistant coaches don't get to talk to the media. They rarely, if ever, mm-hmm. do. Maybe off season, but certainly not in season. So with what you, you – so you talked a little bit. You said that he – as far as you guys understood it, he was in charge of the offense. So, what do you know, kind of about his role? And then, past LeBron James, did it seem from from at least from from what you guys were able to put together as as Lakers media, did it seem like he was he was a coach that the players worked well with?
2: Absolutely, uh, on that on that second question. The look, you saw Jared Dudley. Said congratulations to Kid and, and LeBron James congr- congratulated Kid on his way out too. LeBron even went so far as to say it's it's a bummer that they aren't going to have him, uh, that they lost him or whatever. Um, it was it. I think in a normal year where the Lakers don't have as many injuries as they had, and if they fall short of expectations with Vo- with Vogel as the head coach and uh, Kid, you know finds his name heavily in rumors to be the head coach somewhere else. There's a chance that LeBron applies a little bit of pressure to try to keep kid around, even if it costs the Lakers, Frank Vogel, I, I, this, this wasn't the year to do that because there was such a glaring reason for why the Lakers fell short. And that the LeBron missed 30 games. Anthony Davis right. missed 30 games like that's, that's why the Lakers are where they are right now. So you can't quite fire Vogel over that though. They did fire, their uh, head trainer for it. So um, and so like if somebody was going to fall on that sword or be thrown upon that sword, it could have been Vogel so that LeBron could have Jason Kidd as his head coach. But, and, 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 and and, in, in this, in the, in the sense that that I, I think that speaks to the relationship, the kid built with those players. He's a hall of famer. Like, this is the kind of thing that you and I, Aren't going to relate to with players is that uh, we look at Jason Kidd as a pretty mediocre to bad coach in both of his previous stops. Mm-hmm. Uh, somebody who has all kinds of bad stuff in his past, legally and in terms of, of, of managing situations, as, as the head coach who wanted more power in both of his previous stops. You and I look at that just from just without knowing the guy. Whereas the players, they they look at him as, yeah, that's one of the best point guards of all time. He is somebody who pulls me aside to give me to impart his wisdom on playing the game. They see the game similar. LeBron and kids see the game very similarly, and so that's that's what that's what those guys are are, are holding on to when they when they stand up for the guy and and right. and so like on on one hand, we have to understand the differences in your and my approach to analyzing Jason Kidd, but we also kind of sort of have to ask like, so does that just not mean like, does the legal stuff not mean as much to a LeBron, to a Jared Dudley, to whoever it is like speaking up for Jason Kidd or, 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 you know, what's going on there. That's, that's the part that I find, I find myself the most curious about is like, what's going on there to where this stuff is ready, readily available. This is, this is all on Google and it's now even, even, you know, it's pushed to the forefront of the Google algorithms out there. So it's not, like you just type in Jason Kidd and you will right. find the next, the next like top three searches are probably going to be of what went on in his past. So if it's that, if it's there for them, like what's going on in, 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 in that it's so easy for them to overlook it.
1: Well, it's gotta be one of those things where, you know, we, we've all, we're all friends with people in real life who have done, shitty things and Mm -hmm. who have made mistakes and it's probably a thing where you can look past it because you say you know someone but Mm -hmm. I do find some of what you said I found very interesting because in kind of doing my research one of the kind of under under I don't want to say reported because it was reported but talked about things was how when it came to Giannis and Middleton and, and the the kind of you know the the tier a players on a given roster of the teams that he coached guys really liked him Whereas when it came to players who had significant shortcomings to their games, he was not kind and was often quite awful. To be Mm -hmm. to be quite honest, and it, it makes me wonder if you know in relation to where he is, and you know, assistant coach is just a different deal. But you know, reading through some of the 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 articles you guys put together, Harrison Fagan sent me a ton of of things that were you know Jason Kidd adjacent work. It seems like a lot of team really liked him, which. Is is not necessarily the case in his previous stops, which makes you wonder. You know, a lot of fans have been on my ass where it's like, you know, guys can change, guys can learn, and I'm I'm there's something to that. But you know, it, it's really difficult to shake certain aspects of your personality. Like if you have a exacting and demanding uh, nature, it's going to be difficult for you to understand that certain players who are extremely limited can't do certain things the way you want them to. And I'm just, I'm really going to be interested to see how he handles this because the Mavericks roster, even if they do a shakeup in the off season is going to be fairly, it's top heavy, like in an extreme way. So it's, it's very difficult to, um, it's, it, I'm just going to be really interested to see what happens with this, because that would be kind of the biggest change in kid from a head coaching stop from Brooklyn to Milwaukee to then dallas in terms of being a head coach because he just you know maybe he learned some stuff having to be a different role Mm -hmm. yeah i mean
2: for one thing it's easier to be liked when you're the assistant coach you're not making the decisions you're not you're not deciding on the roles for various players you're not benching certain players you're not you know so so i think it's easier to a certain extent to to just be a popular assistant coach amongst players especially so i think that needs to be mentioned but but yeah look if kid went from he was when when he w- first entered the coaching pool right the talent pool for coaches he was far and away the most popular candidate where he could have picked any destination and and he would have been a considered a a a knock it out of the park grand slam hiring right even with that other stuff in his past which says a lot about where we were when he first entered the talent the talent pool. And that was fairly recently. And, and so that is
1: really interesting. Hmm. I don't think and, I've ever and, thought about it that way. Cause I just kind of figured he self he self-selected him out of being a head coach. Cause he just wasn't very good. Well, yeah, I, I'm well, <laughs>
2: there's that obviously, but, but I think, I think if you go from, if you go from that height and, and that amount of hype surrounding you as a head coach candidate to now having entire fan bases upset at the very notion of you being hired you have to at some point stop and do the math on what the hell happened like <laughs> what, what what happened over the last whatever number of years it was and it hasn't been that long it's it's been like 5 years how did how did i see this precipitous fall and and whether it's looking at yourself in terms of the person the human being and also as a coaching candidate like there should be some actual questions answer, answered or asked about, hey, why did Giannis grow immediately after Kidd left? Like, <laughs> what went on there? And and so, like, I, I think for him, I, I would hope. And he has said, and there's a lot of, uh, there are a lot of people willing to tell you coming from the Lakers who will say, yeah, he 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 did undergo some growth here to where he wanted to just be on a staff and see how a good staff operates and i think it says something about the fact that one of the things that he's now looking to do and heading to dallas is he wants to bring some of the assistants over from the lakers having seen that that coaching staff operate at the at the high levels that it's reached while he's been watching
1: well this has all been been very interesting and really a lot more than i hoped for to be honest because i've just been me personally, I've, I've been very down on the coaching hire for a multitude of reasons that extend well beyond kind of the tone deafness of an organization that has had trouble with harassment, with harboring somebody who had a sexual, or I'm sorry, a, a domestic assault record. Um, and it, it just wasn't, it isn't a good look. It remains not a good look. But when it comes to the basketball side of things, um, I'm very, I, I'm at least a little intrigued. You know, our 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 friend Matt Moore asked me how much I would care about all of this. You know, if if you know the Mavericks start winning, and and it, it it's it's just sort of curious because I'm not sure what I would be thinking if if the sexual uh, if if the sexual harassment and assault scandal hadn't have happened. Um, I'd probably be very annoyed with the Mavericks, but I don't know um i don't know if i would really be harping on it like i would i'm just going to be honest about my hypocrisy in in that respect but you've given me a lot to think about with the basketball stuff because if if the you know the mavericks start winning then you know largely a lot of this stuff the side stuff will probably just go away because winning tends to a lot of people watch this for the basketball you know The, the the social stuff is just a side aspect um and and i'm I'm now just in kind of a i'm in a better place now because I've just been kind of really grumpy about this, and I'm not known how to talk about it because i I just kind of thought i have honestly thought for for two days three days now I'm like I just don't think this is a good basketball decision, but you've really given me a lot to think about in that respect
2: yeah i I think look there exists in sports fandom all kinds of blind spots when the parties bring you happiness right like like if if like we, whether it's i'm a vikings fan and there was the adrian peterson situation i'm a lakers fan and obviously there was the kobe situation uh and and now with the lakers there was there was the kid thing and and for me personally when the lakers were having success it was easier because none of the almost none of the uh praise went to kid nobody's like oh the whole reason the lakers are winning is because of some assistant coach out there that's not how it works where i think it'll be a little bit more difficult is is with kid kid being the more forward-facing face of this and and look if the if the mavericks get better um, which is possible because luca is going to be another year older and uh there there might be they you know a, a more hands-off coach might have uh a little bit more success for luca And if they have some success, kid is going to get some of that, that praise. And that's where it's, that's where it's going to get a little awkward because you're going to say, well, how much of this is Luca? How much of this is kid? How much of this is the organization just being more in lockstep with each other? I don't, I don't know how that's going to work. Uh, But, but regardless, you know, you're right. If, if the team that you like is winning basketball games and they're fun to watch and you know <laughs> let alone if they go out there and they and they win a championship next year you're right a lot of this stuff is going to go away unfortunately though for for portions of the fan base and for portions of just nba fans out there it's impossible for that stuff to go away so i i, I don't know what we do with that math i i don't think we'll ever know what we do with that math
1: no we probably can't but i i from the purely basketball side of this you've you've given me i kind of maybe have, I've maybe mentally turned turned the page here and I'm at least willing to to discuss the, the basketball side of this even more because it, it just seems like there's there's something to that. So I don't want to take up any more of your day. This has been fun and I really appreciate you bearing with my brief power outage and the other things that hopefully none of the listeners will notice. But uh, again, why don't you plug your show and the feed one last time, uh, even though, you know, we, we I, I'm just going to guess we don't have a ton of crossover audience. <laughs>
2: Probably not. I do. I, I will say, though, that hopefully soon here, within the next couple of weeks or so, few weeks, we'll have a national show on, you know, that focuses on the league as a whole on the uh, Silver Screen and Roll podcast feed. And then my show, the Anthony Irwin Show, is kind of, it just goes wherever I feel like taking it. Today, I'm going to have Miren Fader on to talk Mm. about her book about Giannis. Uh, And, you know, Drummond might come up because she wrote that great profile on him. But it's just, you know, those, if if you're interested in Crossover, if you've enjoyed this, uh, you could check out some of that stuff
1: there. Well, this has been Kirk Henderson for the Mavs Moneyball podcast feed. You should subscribe, review, that sort of thing has been very helpful as we have slowly and steadily grown our audience throughout 2020 and 2021. And I plan to do a number of shows with Josh Bowe in the coming weeks, kind of looking back at the roster. Now We've got about a month until free agency starts, so we're You know, now that a lot of the big news items are out of the way for the Mavericks, it's about dipping into, you know, speculative stuff and then, you know, getting weird. So that's what we'll be doing. Anthony, thanks again. Uh, This has been a lot of fun and we will talk to you hopefully sooner rather than later. Today's episode is brought to you by Cars.com.